0: My allergies, uh, I feel so stuffy all the time. All right. Are we ready? Hold on. Let me get a...
1: Got the slim picking drinks.
0: A little ASMR. <laughs> Ew, when we get to... What are we drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> we
1: Embarrassing. Have to explain that shit?
0: That's gross. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> and welcome back to That's Iconic. I'm your host, Molly Treaty, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of my wonderful podcast. To all my listeners new and returning, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate that you are willing to listen to me just ramble and listen to the nonsense that my weekly guests and I spew into the microphone. I have tons and tons of fun with every single person um, that I bring on and I know that they enjoy it just as much as I do. And at the end of the day, all that matters is that we come together and laugh and we have a good experience. And, you know, that's the best part. Um, how are all of you doing? Make sure you reach out to me at iconicthats at gmail.com. I've gotten a few emails this season, but none that are really riveting enough. So those of you who have emailed me so far, step up your game. Um <laughs> And don't forget to find me on Facebook and Instagram at That's Iconic or That's Iconic Podcast. I don't know which one's which, so you'll just have to trial and error. Um, I'm doing great. Thank you once again for asking. You're so sweet. It really means a lot to me. Um, I had a fun Halloween. I'm not quite ready for the cold weather, um, but we're going to make it through. We always do. I actually last week redecorated my apartment and it looks iconic everything feels very open and light in here so it's just a great space to record and get all my thoughts in order and it's much cleaner as well it's amazing how much your living room can change when you get rid of the ugly chunky black entertainment center and add a colorful rug so that's always fun while i've got your attention quick little note feel free to hop on apple podcasts and leave me a rating or review or both Um, The more of those I receive, the more places my podcast will appear, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. Just do it already, idiots. Anyway, so this week, um, well, this week you're in for a treat, let me tell you, because this week's episode is very specific and in a very exciting way. First off, I'll start by introducing our guest because that's the most important part of every episode of That's Iconic. You got to get into the guest. You got to get into the drinks. You got to get the ball rolling. But there's a few additional measures going on today, so we'll, we'll talk about it all, everything we've got in front of us, we'll explain what's going on, um, and yeah, I think that'll be a good order of events. So, this week on That's Iconic, we have a guest that some of you might remember from season one. For those of you that don't remember, get your shit together and go back to episode one of season one and listen. I'll wait. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. Thanks for pausing and listening to episode one, guys. Um, This particular guest is the very first person I ever brought on That's Iconic from the very first episode that I ever released. And boy, that one was a doozy. (laughs) So that's how you know today is going to be pretty incredible. So friends, please buckle up because today our guest, I see you reading it. (laughs) You're like, what's she going to say about me?
1: (laughs) Just prepping myself what is
0: it um today our guest is someone who i have known nearly my whole life minus a year or two but he's known me his whole life because he was born into being stuck and stuck with dealing with me so oh,
1: i was like you know. trying to math that up <laughs> why is there a year missing? wait why what's the
0: difference
1: <laughs> what'd we go through
0: <laughs> we went through a little something you know around year 10 <laughs> um this guest of mine he is so thoughtful he has an extremely electric personality to be around. And he is the person who I share my most... I don't want to say cherished memories because it sounds cheesy, but truly... Um, some of my best memories are with this guest and we'll get into it, I'm sure. But this week's guest, please welcome back the one and only Robbie McAvoy. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? (laughs) That was like the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. (laughs)
0: You're like sobbing.
1: My external validation needs are fulfilled for the day. (laughs) Probably the week.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs) Maybe
1: the month. I don't really know. Thank
0: you for complimenting me.
1: I forgot that you were doing like video. Oh, yeah. For like the whole intro, I know I'm just like looking like an idiot. You're
0: looking at the camera instead.
1: Not even, just like oh, just zoned out and like sneakily reading your notes. Fair
0: enough. Yeah, you were reading them and I was like, stop. I could tell.
1: I had to make sure. I was like, what are you saying? I had to be prepped and ready.
0: But you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we have to explain. This episode is different because we have a video camera as well. Mm. Um, so do you want to, do you want to explain what's going on here? Oh, yeah. I'll let yeah. you have the floor.
1: We're, um, so if you're, if they're just listening, I guess, um, <laughs> we're sitting on the floor in Molly's living room at a coffee table with a camera pointed at us and a makeshift like lighting system. <laughs> um, it's like a lamp that the shades off and the bowl is just like beating down on us it's like really hot and i'm just kidding i've
0: been sweating (laughs) i've been home for maybe the last two hours and i have not stopped sweating (laughs) and i think this light is making it worse.
1: (laughs) no but yeah we're uh yeah we're just gonna go for it
0: yeah so starting with robbie's episode as long as my memory card has enough juice in it we'll see how long it goes um i did create a youtube channel and it's called that's iconic uh i should probably look up what it's called so you guys can find it but you know the name of the show you can find it i'll link it and whatnot um but i created a youtube channel so now i can post videos of the podcast as well um for those of you who might want a visual instead of just audio um and i'll check with each guest each week you know if they want to be on camera then we'll do it if not no big deal um but yeah robbie is the first video recorded episode of the podcast i guess
1: it's kind of weird you're like are they just listening to my voice or are they also watching me are they also
0: judging what i look like i always forget that
1: (laughs) i always forget that like when we're recording it no one is listening to us yeah it's just (laughs) right now (laughs) because i'm like oh my god we're like live but we're really not
0: we're on a facebook live (laughs) event
1: (laughs) see yeah i would not know how to. guys click on
0: my tiktok live link (laughs) don't forget (laughs) yeah so look forward to videos i guess everyone that's listening um and okay so first and foremost we have to talk about our drinks that we have in front of us.
1: Drink situation. It's is a little awfully sketch. A little
0: rough right now. <laughs> but you go ahead. You 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 dive right in.
1: Okay. Well, I will give the benefit of the doubt to Molly because I was late <laughs> per usual, which also I was on I was on TikTok yesterday and I got a for you page where it was like being late to places isn't like cute quirky like your personality you're just fucking selfish i was like okay (laughs) i will work on that keep me in check (laughs) thank you yeah you're the
0: most you're so selfish i can't (laughs) even believe it
1: (laughs) yeah um but no so i have to drink it's the slim Pickens bar i got um crown apple yeah and then on top it's Peach iced tea. It's peach
0: green tea. Peach green tea. But it's mostly just like peach juice, I swear. Like, it's not.
1: It's like, it's not bad. It's good. Can I try it? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Because I don't want to make. I mean, I was
1: scared of it, but like, it's good.
0: Oh, yeah, that's not bad.
1: I wasn't sure how the peach and the apple would go together. Yeah. That's what I was worried about. Well, they make
0: crown peach too. Did you know that? Oh. It's a new thing.
1: Well, maybe that's why it tastes good. So. I don't know, though. Did we just invent something? I don't
0: know. Crowned apple peach.
1: Oh, we need a sponsorship. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then my drink for the Slim
1: pickings. <laughs> yeah, the Slim pickings. What did I
0: even do? Captain there was Morgan like, and... There was,
1: like, a liter of, like... Well, not even a liter. There was, like, inches left of Sprite. Like, flat Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe a, maybe a little bit of cranberry juice and some teas. We
0: had to make do with what we got, yeah. you know? That's all right. This is how our relationship <laughs> works. <laughs> Give this is how it
1: always goes. Give and take.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so mine's citrus green tea and Captain Morgan, and it's actually pretty good now that I've let it marinate a little bit.
1: And watching you put it together was scary. Yeah,
0: it was a. It at first just tasted like Captain and water, and I was a little <laughs> concerned.
1: Of the slim picking options, that's not the one I would have gone to. But I, I can see the creativity. It was behind risky. It.
0: it was risky, but it was worth it. <laughs> we have to do a ASMR. Oh, sip. Plink and sip. Ah. <laughs> Ew, he's gargling.
1: <laughs> you nasty, <laughs>
0: nasty boy. You said
1: ASMR. Sicko. It's all about the sound. <laughs> you probably can't even I didn't hear say that.
0: give him a show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is not free. <laughs> Subscribe to my OnlyFans.
0: Subscribe. <laughs> what? You know I subscribe on
1: upstairs? No. <laughs> like, I... Was
0: I looking at your hair?
1: Your like eyes are like. Oh.
0: I was not trying to. No, I was just looking at you. I wasn't.
1: Sorry if I smell too. I wore this last night. Wow. When I went with mom <laughs> to uh El Vallarta's like Mexican restaurant.
0: It smells like laundry.
1: Oh cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're like good. I put for it me. on I was like, I smell kind of beefy. <laughs> <laughs> I smell
0: beefy. Did you get your little syringe? Cologne out <laughs> that you use. I'm out of it. Oh, it's gone.
1: It was literally your like, sample
0: size. Sample size. <laughs> you like, would literally just like put a drop on your skin.
1: You put on, you know, this little motion. <laughs> it does all the work.
0: Oof, okay.
1: Everyone <laughs> could smell it.
0: It always smelled good.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Just like the
0: beef on your <laughs> sweatshirt. <laughs> um, all right, so. We got our drinks, we got our intro, whatnot. This episode's very different than I'm used to, but I'm pretty pumped.
1: Me too. I'm excited.
0: So not a lot of the listeners, I guess, might know, but people who like know us know that we love the true crime podcast, My Favorite Murder. It's a true crime comedy podcast, which means it's a little dark, but they loop in their own sense of humor as well. Um, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark, those are their names. Big fans. Yes. Yeah. How long do you think you've been listening? I feel like I've been listening for like f- four years. I was gonna say
1: you introduced me to them because when we lived together, it would kind of just be in the background while we were working. Yeah. And I got to a point where I was just like invested. Yeah. In the voices, I would just
0: play it out loud on my computer. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and they just kind of like the way Molly's ex- describing it. They just each bring a murder or a true crime event to the table, and they share it with each other, and to get through, like, the dark, like, <laughs> deep shit yeah. of, like, what a murder actually is, Yeah, they use comedy to, like, make it better and, yeah. like, make it lighthearted, which can be tricky, but yeah. they do a good job at it.
0: They do it well. So yeah. this episode, Robbie and I are going to be reading true crime stories that we researched in the last couple days and I'm, I'm pretty pumped
1: uh, last couple days I know I, AKA, said last of- <laughs> I did mine la- like literally an hour ago
0: I started mine this morning <laughs> like, the last few days we've been researching <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> I have been like sitting down and studying for days we're on so end. professional
0: like I don't know checking start, out guys. books
1: at the library oh
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> like yeah just no
1: I watched one 2020 episode and I just listened and I was just like
0: <laughs> oh yours is kind of recent um, I just saw 2012 at the top.
1: Part of it is, yeah. In
0: trial. Liz raised- <laughs> Stop,
1: Don't read my info. <laughs> I, I start reading
0: it. it. Um, yeah, so I feel like, I mean, should we just go right into the stories? Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Do you want to go first? Or- I want you to go you first. You want me to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that was going to happen. Ah. My notes say, so, Robbie, this is the story of. <laughs> and I start typing
1: it. This is the pleasure of being the guest. <laughs> You have to make me feel at home. So you have to go first. You're
0: right. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I found my murder... Well, a few of my um, podcasts have done this murder. And I remember listening to it on one specifically, not even my favorite murder, on this podcast called And That's Why We Drink. One of the hosts does a paranormal story, and the other one does a murder story every week. Uh-huh. It's pretty good. They're fun. Um, but that's where I got the idea. And so I picked... Some information from them and some from the internet as well, um, and yeah. So this is the story of Bible John. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? I've never heard of Bible, Bible John. Bible John, you're in for a treat. Okay. All right. Oh, I literally wrote "you're in for a treat," but <laughs> <laughs> I said it without even reading
1: it. <laughs> you know yourself.
0: <laughs> I write my notes so like meticulously because i'm like i worst case scenario i just look here and that's exactly how i talk right like i just get through it so annoying anyway so bible john (laughs) sorry (laughs) that's staying in (laughs) i will not cut that out
1: Oh yeah, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Hey, yeah, yeah, Mr. Postman. You know what I was
0: singing and I said I would probably sing another podcast? Have you heard that TikTok, that guy that sings, and he goes, Rest in peace to all the soldiers (laughs) that died in the service. I have never heard that. I dived in her service.
1: I have heard that. (laughs) You know it. bars
0: so that was some free content for you guys (laughs) link to my soundcloud below um all right so bible john it takes place in scotland actually um not local at all have you been where's yours like located
1: at omaha nebraska oh
0: no have i ever been
1: to to scotland
0: (laughs) did you ask have you ever been yeah i've never been to scotland i would love to go to scotland though
1: i don't really under like okay I know where Scotland is, but I don't have a picture in my head of like what what Scotland is. Bro,
0: geography? Hell no. People Maybe. will be like, "Yeah," so I went and I'm like, "Can you point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like real quick, point on the map." I think
1: they play those weird instruments where they wear like, what is that? Uh, like print? uh kilt. Yeah, like kilts. Uh,
0: is bagpipes.
1: Bagpipes. Bagpipes. Is that there? I mean,
0: that's like an Irish Scottish thing. I think I don't know if Irish and Scottish they're Did not you the same thing. Scotland. Scotland. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like Wales.
0: No. Yeah, I don't think so. Wait, I
1: don't think so. Okay,
0: okay, 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 okay. Bible John (laughs) takes place in Scotland, where also the Bible took place. I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) I was literally like,
0: (laughs) I wrote J.K. J.K.
1: (laughs) To be fair, I might have believed that because like uh, the
0: Bible in Scotland, you didn't know
1: (laughs) Jerusalem. Jesus was born in Glasgow, Scotland. (laughs) Or did I make that up? Jerusalem,
0: yeah, but Uh not that's not Scotland. (laughs) I know that's not Scotland.
1: (laughs) I just meant where the Bible took place. Don't
0: get me on that Bible 101. I know my stuff.
1: <laughs> the Bible, you open it up and the first page is like, this is based on Welcome to tr- Scotland. True events.
0: <laughs> Genesis one. This is based on true events. This is
1: loosely based <laughs> the on The following true story.
0: They're like in New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious
1: felonies. <laughs> the first page of the Bible. <laughs>
0: it's the SBU intro. <laughs>
1: Oh God! Mariska
0: Hargitay is like Jesus. Stabler,
1: oh.
0: <laughs> we gotta investigate the murder.
1: Oh my God!
0: Okay, okay, I'm gonna get actually started. <laughs> uh, up there. Oh,
1: sorry. Some critiques are coming in from the Some audience. Some critiques are coming from
0: the producer.
1: What's happening? <laughs> it's <been juicy>. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Scotland <laughs> A map. We have gotten a map of okay, Scotland. Okay
0: guys, I'm getting word from my producer right now. Scotland is a bu- is north of England and Wales, <gasps> Wales is, is to there? the west of England. Kind of. So and then Ireland is a separate thing. I was like, are Ireland and Scotland the same? Ew <laughs> To be
1: fair, I thought Wales <sighs> was a city of Scotland. So Sick okay.
0: get out of here with that. Okay. Bible John. It's the late nineteen sixties in Glasgow. Which is the second biggest city in Scotland. Do you know the first biggest city?
1: In Scotland? Yeah. No.
0: You should know. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Edinburgh.
1: Edinburgh. That's how it's
0: spelled, but it's pronounced Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Um, fun fact, yeah. So Scotland, obviously, given us many beautiful things. The Loch Ness Monster. Actually? Yeah, the television, the refrigerator. They all originated there.
1: Okay, bougie. But one not
0: so good thing to come from Scotland is Bible John. <laughs> And I'll buckle up because this is a wild one. February 22nd, 1968. There's an auxiliary nurse and mother named Patricia Docker, 25 years old. She's my age. She put her son with her parents for the night. She was like, I'm going out with my friends um, from the hospital. We're going to this bar called the Majestic. Um, It was also known as the Magic Stick, which I'm like. Like Central. that just sounds like the, like a fun name for a dildo.
1: <laughs> the magic stick.
0: The magic stick. <laughs> like no, get out of here. I would never go to a bar named that. Um, I don't know I why. Might, it's, I don't know why it's necessary. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I might dim my toes a little bit. <laughs> the magic stick. Let's
1: take a peek.
0: <laughs> um, so they go to the majestic. They dance for a few hours. Patricia is like, I want to go to the next bar. Like let's go. And her friends are not really feeling it. So they go home and Patricia goes to the next bar alone. Okay. Um, the next bar is called the Borrowland, also known as the Boras, apparently, like to Scottish people, they call it that for a slang type thing. Um, probably pronouncing it wrong. Who knows? But um, I refuse to use a Scottish accent. So <laughs> the, <laughs> the Barrowland Ballroom has a huge neon sign. Apparently, there's like explosions of like yellow and blue and pink around it. And their website claims that it's the biggest of its kind in the UK. So it's fancy, you know, the sign. Oh, just the sign. They just they're advertise like, their sign. We have the coolest sign in the UK. They're get like, on down. Our
1: drinks fucking suck, but yeah. we have a really cool Come sign. Come on down,
0: y'all. They're like, all we have is liquor. We don't have mixers. We yeah. don't
1: have just it's straight the, shots. The Slim Pickens. The Land. <laughs> that would be your fucking kitchen. It
0: would. <laughs> <laughs> so on Thursdays, so the Land ballroom. On Thursdays, they have a night called Grab a Granny Night. What? Like a grandma. But the idea is if you're 25 or older and you're single or you hate your marriage or whatever, you come to the land and like get with someone. Oh. Yeah. So it's like grab a granny. It's like if you're 25 and single, you're a granny. Okay. I would be a granny. It's like
1: (laughs) online dating in real life. Yeah, pretty much. Just show up and pick.
0: Yeah, you just show up. And like I read Grab a Granny and I was like, we're going out, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like that's what I thought when Everybody I saw bring
1: it, your and I got
0: excited because I was like, "Ooh, I'm taking my grandma on a trip to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to land for Grab a Granny night, taking a picture in front of but that no. sign." <laughs> if you're if you're 25 or older, you're a granny on Thursdays, which I would never attend. That's offensive.
1: Damn, you're, so you're a little really iffy. A
0: I know. I think it's iffy to be honest. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> um, so and also like grab a granny. <laughs> yeah. like,
1: that's what, At first, I was like, damn, this is, like... <laughs>
0: That's fucked up.
1: Invasive. I'm not
0: trying to grab nobody. Like, get <laughs> out of here. Just skip it altogether. But, so, apparently, at this bar, the grab-a-granny um, night is, like, kind of secret. Because I said, if you hate your marriage, if you're single, like, just anything. Because there's married people You can there. go and hook up with somebody. Because everybody's there for the same reason on Thursday. So, it's kind of a secret. Um, people would, like, change their names. They would take off their wedding ring and, like, hide that, obviously. Um, And you could just, like, get with a stranger on the DL. Okay. So this woman, Patricia, that I mentioned before, she was married to her son's father, who was living in Lincolnshire or Lincolnshire in Northern England for work. He was – or not for work, for the Air Force. He was in the Royal Air Force as a corporal. So they lived apart, and they weren't divorced. They were actively married. um, And as far as I could tell, no one really knows if Patricia was, like, planning to go meet someone or if she was just, like – let's just go continue dancing because it was like kind of a secret the grab a granny thing oh, okay. so no one really knows if she was like i hate my husband i'm gonna go hook up with somebody or if she was just like what's the next it. place yeah yeah like that would be me i'd be like let's go to the next <laughs> spot and then i'm like what the fuck like, <laughs> get me out of here why are they all grabbing at me how do they know i'm 25 i am not a granny <laughs> um but yeah so In my opinion, Patricia sounds like a baddie, so maybe she was up to something. I'd hang out with her. Yeah, I'd hang out with Patricia. I would go to grab a granny. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, she we don't know really what her goal was. But anyway, it's Thursday night. The bar has a reputation. Some articles speculate that her friends maybe were like, oh, we don't want to go there because they knew that on Thursdays, Uh, Barland was like that. mm -hmm. So, maybe she knew and was like, guys, let's go. And they weren't comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. But either way, she went alone. Um, and we know she made it to the bar because people report seeing her in a very distinct yellow dress. Like that was the outfit she wore that night, but that was the last time she was seen alive. Oh. Um, so the following morning, February 23rd, 1968, Mar- Maurice Goodman of Carmichael Place was heading towards his garage around like seven or eight in the morning, um, going to work on a Friday. And he saw a naked body like laying in the doorway, dead, obviously. He called the police. Um, and it was so cold outside the corpse was like half frozen, like just yeah. very not good situation to walk in on. Um, they were able to figure out that Patricia had been strangled. It was Patricia, obviously the body. They were able to find out that find out that she had been strangled with some sort of ligature. They don't really know what object it was because there was nothing nearby. Um some people speculate that it was possibly the the strap from her purse because her purse was missing. Oh. Um, and her handbag or whatever she had had, or maybe her own tights because those were obviously missing as well. Um, it was obvious that she had been murdered elsewhere and then brought there mm. just by the way the body was placed, uh-huh. according to police. And um so it's more like, I mean, th- things obviously get weird in any murder case, but it's particularly weird with Patricia's case. she was she was clearly on her period when she had died, and there were several like pads, like sanitary napkins around her body like near her just kind of scattered like um, she must have had him in her bag
1: yeah
0: and they got thrown about by the killer or something and it was especially weird because they could tell she wasn't killed right there mm-hmm. so it was like the killer brought her body and then took the time to scatter stuff oh. like that around her you know
1: <clears throat> yeah
0: very strange so um they oh and that detail comes back about the pads so keep that in your mind but so they lost a lot of time on her murder because they started at the Majestic, the magic stick. <laughs> they started there to like ask people questions and it took them a few days to find out that she had gone to Borrowland.
1: Oh. Because her didn't friends even know. were
0: kind of like, Oh, we just went to the Majestic with her. They didn't really tell the police where she went next. Bad friends. But one of the friends eventually told them. Yeah. It's like they so I that's another reason why they think maybe she was going for a hookup to the borrowland. Because the friends were like No, we just went to the Majestic. Like, what are you talking about?
1: Um, still though like your your friend is dead yeah you just need to be honest yeah
0: (laughs) like tell the police where you went um yeah so they asked a bunch of locals questions they asked um like the bar owners people who were at the bars like they had divers going to the river to see if they could find her belongings and like there was just nothing like for her in particular justice was technically never found which is really unfortunate and sad and like at the time it was i think 1968 i said um they didn't have like cctv in the uk yet Uh, which they do now everywhere yeah you know and like they were able to take dna at the time but they couldn't test the dna at the time so it was just like a crappy situation for her um case and then like 18 months later that's the camera stopping
1: (laughs) well that was beautiful we got
0: one page into my fucking story embarrassing that's okay Little sickos.
1: We'll work on that.
0: Anyway, so 18 months go by. It's pretty quiet. The case doesn't really get declared cold, but, like, they don't really have a lot to go off of. Um, then in August of 1969, 32-year-old Jemima McDonald left her three kids with her sister Margaret, and she went dancing at the land.
1: Sorry, I just knocked the mic right off the table. That was
0: heinous of you. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled immediately. Um, but, yeah, so... Jemima McDonald gives her sister Margaret the night to babysit her three kids. And she goes to the Barrowland. She's wearing a black dress with a white shirt under it. Um, this time it was a Saturday, so it wasn't grab-a-granny night. Jemima <laughs> just was going out. She was a regular at the Barrowland.
1: Aunt Jemima. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and she was a regular, so, like, everybody knew her. Like, it was where it was her spot. Um, the following morning, Margaret, Jemima's sister, is like, she never came home. She didn't come get the kids. Like, what's going on? Um, Margaret goes outside to get to the get the mail and she overhears some neighborhood kids like talking about some body that was found and how there's a huge crowd at some abandoned building and so margaret like feels a feeling in her stomach like she's worried about her sister she's like i'm just gonna go see like what's going on at this abandoned building so she goes um and of course unfortunately she gets to the crowd of people And she sees there is a body with a black dress and a white shirt on underneath it. And Mm. obviously her fears are confirmed. It's her sister. The police right away noticed similarities between Patricia and Jemima's um, murders because they both happened. They had both been at the land. They had both been strangled. And even though Jemima was not naked, she was still in her outfit. um, Her handbag was also gone. And she was on her period, just like Patricia And then, like, once again, sanitary napkins around the body. And they could tell it had been moved from somewhere else. So same MO, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They questioned locals again. They didn't get a lot of info. The only thing they could gather is that both women were spotted on the dance floor with a man in a blue suit. Like, both times. A guy in a blue suit, which is interesting. Um, And they did get a description from people who had been at the bar. But it's a little iffy because, like, what if jemima and patricia dance with more than one guy in one night you know Mm -hmm. um but the description they got was a six foot tall thin man with short red hair in his late 20s or early 30s um people said they saw both women leave the bar like the people who gave this description for the sketch they saw both women leave the bar with this man on the night they were murdered um red hair in scotland (laughs) not really major to go off of like here if you're like it's a bright red ginger we're like okay pick them like
1: oh yes yeah Corey, (laughs) like oh yeah
0: (laughs) too. like i don't i feel like it's not as common yeah but in scotland especially in 1968 it was just long enough ago that like it wasn't as diversified Mm. yet
1: gingers are running around lots of
0: gingers (laughs) everywhere so the police are just kind of like damn it (laughs) like now what (laughs) no
1: offense the blue suit is just a red flag in itself
0: yeah a blue suit but well but what are you picturing like baby blue
1: I, I um, I don't know. I guess it just blue in general. I'm like, why would you ever? Because if it's a like a suit, navy blue. blue,
0: like that's one thing. But a bright baby blue, like um, what's that movie?
1: And also, why is he in a suit? Is at that the, like at the Borough Do they do that there? I don't know. <laughs> if someone came up to me in a suit and was like, "Hey," I'm like, "Well, did you just get married." Like, what's going on? What are you up to? <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> it's Grab a Granny Night. <laughs>
0: why? Why are you suited up on Grab a Granny Night? <laughs> what's going on? He's
1: dressed to impress.
0: <laughs> it's very true, though. Um, yeah. So in Scotland, you know, redheads, whatever. In the U.S., I feel like, like I said, like that would be more of a like. Oh, okay. We can narrow it a little bit. Yeah. But over there, maybe not. But anyway, Jemima's siblings, they were like, we're going to offer money to see if anybody can bring us information. But, like, nothing really came of it. Um, and this was this case was the first time in the history of Scottish murder investigations that they used a sketch, like, to the media. Oh. Where they, like, released a sketch to the public. Yeah. To view and, like, see if anybody recognized the person. That's interesting. Yeah. So... And the reason they'd never really done it before is because the police's main concern were was, um, like, okay, the um, legal issues would pop up. Like, the lawyer would be like, well, just because my guy looks like the sketch, you're just going to get him? Like, no, that's not fair. So they'd never done it before, but this was the first time in, like, 1969. Uh-huh. Um, so a local artist painted it and collected a bunch of testimonies to get it done. But, you know, like I said, not a whole lot came of it. Um, on Wednesday, October 30th, 1969, it was about two months after Jemima's murder, 29-year-old Helen Puddock and her sister Jean went out for a dance at the Barland. Um, On a Wednesday, it wasn't the grab-a-granny night. <laughs> I feel the need to note that. I'm like, they were just going out having fun. Like, they weren't looking to be crazy. I wonder crazy. what their
1: like, Wednesday night special is.
0: I know. I wonder if there is one.
1: Grab-a-grampy.
0: Grab-a-grampy night. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but so so helen and her sister went out and helen's husband was later he said like he wasn't really happy about helen and her sister going out alone together because of what had been going on right with this grab a granny guy (laughs) but like
1: (laughs) they were literally grabbing the yeah but
0: helen and her sister like anybody else like me would be like whatever it's not gonna happen to me yeah like it's fine um and they started at a place called the Trader's Tavern and they ended up at Barrowland around ten PM or shortly after ten PM. They were seen dancing with two separate men, both named John, which is iffy because people would change their name to go to the Barrowland.
1: Ah, like even, be, even when it wasn't discreet. a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Even when it wasn't a Thursday like discreet night, they still well, like the has... Barrowland was just known for that. Yeah,
1: it has its You know, stigma. Yeah. Exactly. You know what this bar is for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On certain nights, that's what it's for. But so there was John J and John H. John J was dancing with Jean and John H. was dancing with Helen, which I found interesting because John J, Jean, and John H. Helen, Helen. Yeah. Yeah. So, but those were like their names according to Jean herself, like after their night out. So, anyway. Um, John J. was a builder. He's from an area called Castle Milk. And John H. never really revealed where he was from or what he did necessarily. Um, Different sources say that either Gene or Helen's money got stuck in a cigarette machine at the bar. Um, They were trying to get Embassy Blues cigarettes. (laughs) I just think that's funny. Very specific. Embassy Blues. But John H., who was kind of hitting on Helen... um, started arguing with the manager about the fact that the money was stuck, like just annoyed. Um, According to witnesses, he got really upset and he called the dance hall, quote, a den of iniquity, which means like a den of immoral or gross behavior. Basically. Obviously I had to look that one up.
1: (laughs) Even though he's like there participating. Yeah.
0: He's at the bar hitting on a woman. He's like a Karen, but he's like this den of iniquity. (laughs) Yeah. Like get out of here. Yeah. The male Karen of 1969. In Scotland. (laughs) So anyway, John J. is like, I'm over it. This arguing is not for me. He leaves. John H. tells Jean and Helen, I'll pay for your guys' taxi. Like, let's all just ride together in a taxi. So they do that. Um, Weirdly enough, which Jean never really said she noticed in the moment. I think they probably had some drinks. So she wasn't, like, fully paying attention to every detail of the night. But um Helen's apartment was the first technically on the route from the bar home. But John H had the taxi driver go to Gene's apartment first. Oh. Kind of more out of the way and then backtrack.
1: Spooky. Mm-hmm.
0: So Gene got out. The taxi driver reports
1: That's when you get out with Gene. Yeah. If you're Helen.
0: Yeah. Get out at like, the same place. It's your like, sister too. Yeah. Like not not to be like that idiot. <laughs> kind of but like i mean yeah i would probably do that too like oh get out here but um the taxi driver reports at 12 30 uh p or a.m in midnight ish he dropped off helen and he only drove for like a moment or two and john h got out like instead of going to the destination he had told the taxi driver oh he was like you can just drop me here so they probably went like a couple blocks and John H was like, "I'll get out." Yeah. after going to Helen's and seeing where she lived. Oh. So it's like he was following her. Yeah. Um that's what it seems like at least. He went a couple blocks and was like, "I can get out now." So anyway, the next morning there's a neighbor walking his dog that finds a body. Um Helen's husband, who I think I said earlier was like, "I don't think you should go out. It's been weird lately." He reports her missing and the detectives ask for a description. And he describes Helen and the detective basically says, like, son, I'm really sorry, but your wife has been murdered. Like, he just knew. Yeah. Um, Which is sad because George was, like, not really comfortable with them going out and was trying to be just, like, protective and whatever. Which most people would be like, it's fine, you know? Yeah. But obviously in this case, not great. Um, The lead detective, Joe Beattie. Uh, is his name. He wasn't convinced that all three murders were necessary, necessarily connected at first, but they obviously had their similarities. Um, all three murders were at the same bar. They were all found close to their homes, strangled, their handbags were missing. They were all in their periods with sanitary napkins like strewn about. Um, between all three, the one thing about the last murder of the trio, which was Helen, she had a bite mark on her body, oh. which wasn't like the other two. So, they're like, either he's escalating or Helen, like, really put up a fight. Yeah. But they wouldn't really know unless they saw the guy. Um, So, Jean, Helen's sister, she's brought in for questioning um, and statements. And she is shown a sketch of the suspect. And she basically says, like, that's him when she sees the sketch. But there's also a few issues with that because it had been in the media. And it was the first sketch that the police had ever released in Scotland, like, in the whole country. So, like, people are kind of like, did she actually see the sketch and be like that's him I recognize him or did she just see it on the news and like got it mixed up we don't really know but she claims like she had said I have not seen this on the news so who knows but um she um Jean recalls that at Barrowland John H who was the one in the taxi with them mentioned having sisters having a caravan having a cousin who recently hit a hole in one in golf like he was just telling stories so with that amount of information I mean, personally, I could find anyone with that. I've got a few sisters. I've got a caravan. I hit a hole in one. (laughs) I'm like, I'll get on Facebook and I'll find you in a heartbeat.
1: Nowadays.
0: (laughs) Nowadays. But at the time, you know, so the police are like um, trying to go off what Jean gives them, basically, because they don't have a ton. Um, And she gives them a physical description as well. She kind of says, quote, he wasn't the Borrowland type. Many of those who used to go were kind of rough or drunk, but he was nice. Very nice polite and well-spoken. Jean remembers in the taxi after the bar, he said his full name was either John Templeton, Simple Stone, Emerson, something like that with that kind of cadence to it. Um, she has a general sound of the name in her head, but she can't quite get it. Um, and apparently in the taxi, this John H guy talked about uh, adulterous women. He talked about um, New Year's. One of the sisters asked if he ever celebrates the Scot- Scotland New Year's celebration and he was like, "No, I don't drink. I pray." Which, like, okay, congrats, <laughs> douche. Oh, like.
1: I thought you meant like, "I don't drink. I pray," as in like. Oh no! Like, like pray on. He women. like gets
0: on his knees and prays. <laughs> okay. Like he's like, no, I don't celebrate New Year's with all those drunkards. Like I go home and I, I, pray, go home and I pray for pray. a good year. It's like okay, douche. Anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I pray for another shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <New> <laughs> you wanna New do Eve. one? Should we do a shot right now? Yeah, why not? Okay.
0: The citrusy green tea really, like, mutes it.
1: No, like, this is a really good drink. It's <laughs> yummy.
0: Is What's yours now? It's the same thing. Oh, same thing. Yeah. I was it like, it is that good. was good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, drink it again.
0: You're like, okay. <laughs> so anyway. um, Oh, I don't drink, I, pl- I pray. Which, oh, like, yeah. congrats, douche. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the media latches on to the fact that he was like, I pray. And they start calling him Bible John. <gasps> oh. Yeah. And apparently, this is a weird... It's not as relevant, but it was just, like, really odd. And it kind of relates... It does relate to the Bible. Um, In the taxi, he told Gene and Helen that, like, they somehow brought up foster kids. And they said that John H. was like, they're all right. Like...
1: Foster kids? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Red flag. Like, what is that? He... And apparently, in the same conversation, cited Moses in the Bible as an example. Because Moses was kind of, like, found in a basket type situation. Yeah. He was basically like, that's how I justify that foster kids are cool. Like, they're okay. Because the Bible... Because it happened in the Bible, so, like, it's fine.
1: Interesting. Yeah,
0: very strange. Um, Anyway, so Jean's testimony became, like, the main part of the investigation, obviously, because she interacted with this man who then killed her sister, and Jean is alive. Like, Jean survived. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that she was, like, attacked or anything, but she made it out of the situation. She was dropped off first, Yeah, Jean was dropped off first. So, um, there was another mentioned from someone who chose to remain anonymous that they saw bible john getting on the bus the same night of helen's murder with a mud stained jacket and a red bite mark on his cheek which shows like some sort of altercation um they were like he looked like the sketch and he had he was rough he looked rough so they're like maybe that was the same guy um the bar manager at Borrowland describes bible john a little bit differently from what gene describes him as which causes a few issues. Um. So they release a new sketch based on just what Gene is saying. Um, the police, using the small conversation they had in the taxi, the police go to, like, a country club, and, like, a bunch of country clubs in the area, and they're like, has anyone gotten a hole-in-one recently?
1: <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah,
0: they're <laughs> like, have you had any hole-in-ones? And, like, do they have any cousins named John? Like, they're, like, using anything they anything. can find. They're yeah. Sh-
1: freaking scraping. Exactly.
0: And then... Um, they went to the dentist because Jean mentioned that John had an overlapping tooth, and they went to churches because he was obviously religious and very opinionated. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they literally had a group of police officers known as the Bible John Dancing Squad, <gasps> and they were like undercover and they would go to the barland and nearby bars try to find him and try to find him. But like, talking to hundreds of people, they found no one, like at all. Right. Um, and I've, I mean, we kind of already said it based on the golf country club thing, but like based on what they have, they're going off. Yeah. They're like, we're going to use what we've got and we're going to like make the most of it to figure out who this douche is. They
1: know that he has to be in the area. Yeah. Because he's attacked people from the same bar. Exactly. So he's from there. Yeah. So they can do that Mm because they have a smaller pool of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know. Makes sense. Yeah. It's
0: crazy to me. They're like,
1: oh, this is the evidence we have. Yeah.
0: And it's not even technically evidence. It's mostly like hearsay. Just what Gene is telling them.
1: But that's what they have to do. Like, investigators, like, they got to take what they get and make it work. So
0: crazy. So cool. Um, But despite the undercover cops, the, what were they called? The Bible John dancing squad, they talked to, like, hundreds of people and they never even met someone matching his description or, like, description of his personality. Like, they were just like, we didn't find him, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Gene, Helen's sister, attended 300 police lineups which in scotland they're known as identity parades
1: oh my god isn't that
0: kind of a cool name <laughs> yeah. it's more fun than the united states being like we gotta line up they're like come to the identity parade 300 though like yeah she attended 300 there's no way
1: that's credible that
0: sounds like a nightmare too though
1: just like your sister dies people. and
0: you have to like every time you go in probably hoping that he's there well you would also just start and he's not
1: you would just start questioning yourself mm-hmm. after 300. Yeah. Like, maybe I did see him and I missed it.
0: Yeah. True.
1: And now I'm like, never was know. he in
0: number 26? Yeah. And I just don't. Yeah, yeah. So many. But yeah, just poor Jean. They're after like, everything. please remember. <laughs> They're like, okay, we have six more. Yeah. <laughs> six more gingers for you to look at. <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. Yeah. So, and the men, oh my gosh, this is another fun fact about the case. The men who did resemble Bible John, that Gene was kind of like, he looks like him, but I can tell it's not him. The police were giving out like official cards to fit in their wallets that said, I'm not Bible John. <gasps> oh. Because they looked like him. And Gene was like, it looks just like him. What but I year can tell it's was not this? Him. 1969, 1970. <sighs> so I'm like, it's like your vaccine card, yeah. but for murder.
1: <laughs> You're like, I did not commit this You're murder. You're like, I
0: am vaccinated, but it's, I'm not Bible John.
1: I guess... If we're talking like And this it was, is- like,
0: official. Like, they gave out a laminated card with, like, the detective's signature on it to put right. in your wallet.
1: Well, imagine, like, this is the first time that they used a police sketch. Yeah. They're like, if people think you look like this, they're going to think it's you. And, like, people are just going to harass oh, yeah. you.
0: Especially, yeah. Especially being the first one. Yeah. Yeah. everybody knows what Everybody's it is. Everybody's like, oh, my God, it's the first sketch. Yeah. Let's, let's study it. Or, so I don't know. Yeah. You're Crazy. Like,
1: is that a fake Bible John card? <laughs> <laughs> is that...
0: Did you... Did you uh, fake that Bible John card what's going on over there? Did you make that at home? But yeah, I'm like, uh, you're at the bar and some guy holds it up. He's like, no, no, you can come home with me. We're good.
1: My side business. We can go home together. (laughs) My side business at Grab a Grammy is just selling fake Bible John cards.
0: (laughs) You're like a food truck outside, but it's Bible John. Yeah. Secretly, it's Bible John cards. I'm I'm John Q. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing that I read about was like, obviously giving a guy a card like that helps women as well. Like if it's a real legit card, like. Yeah. the women know but like
1: other than giving it's like getting checked for stds
0: literally <laughs> but other than giving out those cards there wasn't a whole lot of information on like what the police were doing to like help the women feel safe yeah which obviously that's a step in the right direction to be like
1: a very weird step. a
0: very weird step but like it's unconventional but it makes sense yeah but there was nothing really additional to like make the women feel safe And you like, know
1: when people like they go. To, sorry, they go no. to. They go to vote, and they get their I vote sticker. Yeah, and like we all post a picture. Yeah. Like you get, I'm your, not Bible John. you get your. I'm not Bible John. And you're like, let me post this on my Facebook.
0: Let me post this shit online. It's
1: like hundred on likes. The comments are like, so proud of
0: you. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Bible John, you guys. I, I always knew.
1: <laughs> I believed in you. It's
0: so true. Um. Yeah. So. Anyway, they just gave a men man, a bunch of ways to prove that they weren't murderers, but. Um, And then into the case comes internationally acclaimed Dutch clairvoyant.
1: Is that when you, like, can talk to dead people? Yeah. Oh.
0: So, well, he's clairvoyant can be that. It can be... I feel like I should look up the definition and be, like, really credible. But I feel like a clairvoyant can just be, like, you sense things like that as well instead of necessarily speaking to them. But this guy... I mean, spoiler alert, he ends up being a he's a fraud.
1: Clairvoyancy but. is the claimed ability to gain information about an object, person, location, or physical event through extrasensory perception.
0: Interesting. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So yeah, so this guy, Gerard Cressai, he's a Dutch clairvoyant. Um he was like more than more than just this case, he was asked by the Glasgow police to, like, help. Like, that was
1: just something that they... The police asked a person who claimed to be yeah. clairvoyant yeah. for their help?
0: for multiple cases. Like, he was, Whoa. like, rid- like well-known. But well-known in a way that I get into his, like, successes later, and there's not
1: a lot. It's kind of you know? like uh, Teresa Caputo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Teresa Caputo. Like, she's somehow a celebrity, Long but... Long Island medium. <laughs> yeah, everybody
1: knows that she's just, like, grasping at vague... Yeah. She's like... Did someone die? And they're like, oh, what the yeah. heck? Yeah. And they're like,
0: it was a family member. Yeah. Yeah. They had hair. Yeah. yeah. Or
1: you book with her and then her team and herself probably research the fuck out of you. Yeah. True. <laughs> they know you to they're a T. They're ready to go. Yeah. That's
0: what I'm saying. You give me a little bit of info, I can find it all on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, yeah. She's, so like,
1: she's like, who here scored a hole-in-one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was a hole-in-one mention. <laughs> I'm sensing. <laughs> yeah, so this guy gerard he is like on the case and at one point he asks for a pair of helen's underwear to like help him solve the mystery which is weird and he uses them So what oh he stands on them okay like he puts them on the ground and he stands on it and uh i literally cannot make this shit up he stands on the underwear and he declares that there will be another murder committed by bible john in the area soon he, like, declares that
1: Okay um, He's like, we have a serial killer Yeah, yeah he's gonna strike again
0: It's important to note, Gerard, at least by the public Was, like, widely known as a fraud But it's, like, by these professional people Like police officers They were like, we'll take what we can get Yeah So it's, like, the public knows Like, it's, like, us talking about Teresa Caputo And being, like, he whatever them, He gives
1: them no information Except that it's gonna happen again And the police are, like he
0: stands on a pair of her underwear Thank you On, like, the greasy like is it precinct floor
1: i swear to god if he is no (laughs) i'll spoil
0: it it's not him (laughs) um but yeah his kids his talents literally consisted of standing on people's underwear and yelling sounds like a guy i could trust to be honest
1: that's stupid
0: um but yeah he said and then he goes on to say bible john lived in govan near glasgow um and he gave a detailed description of the house which is like oh what is he gonna do say like the shingles are brown like how do you know? Yeah. That's so stupid. And then in 1996, because of DNA advancements, the police are finally able to, like, get a key suspect.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, a- Army officer John McGinnis. He was their their guest for a short time. Um, he had died by suicide in 1980. And they couldn't really... They obviously, like, weren't able to interview him because that happened before they had considered him a suspect. Um But the press hounded his family because the name got released, which is unfortunate. Um, The sister to this McGinnis guy provided a DNA sample, which somehow showed up as an 80% match to what was on Helen's body. But then they exhumed his body um, of this guy who had died by suicide, McGinnis, to test it directly. And it was not a match. So long story short, he was innocent. Weird. So something about the DNA, I know that happens a lot, and they well, don't... it's also new in yeah. this time period. Yeah, and they don't... Still today, I feel like they don't use it, unless it's, like, very, very high percentage. Like, 80% might not be enough nowadays, you know? Or maybe nowadays it's better than 80% is, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, McGinnis was innocent. They did have a lead for a minute. In 2010, like, jumping forward a bunch, Gene uh, passes away, Hel- Helen's sister. Who's, 2010? Yeah, who kay. was in the cab. So the case is now considered officially cold because the DNA found on Helen is no longer usable. Um, And originally there were 5,000 suspects. They like really went in on this case. Yeah. Um, And there are a lot of theories. So, you know, that's kind of the end of the main story. Now there's a book called dancing with the devil by Paul Harrison. He claims that the evidence um, that he has evidence that the real Bible, John was a police officer At the time, which, like, Golden State Killer ended up being a police officer, so it wouldn't be the first time that that abuse of power came in. Um, In his book, Harrison claims that the lead detective on the Bible John case actually questioned the officer, who is Bible John, but was told by superiors to drop the investigation before it progressed. Um, And Harrison also states that Helen's sister, Jean, sat down for an interview with him, which is verified, um, and she was sure that Bible John was a police officer. And she also believes that Helen was not the last of his victims, just the last that we know of. Mm. Um, some believe this is like the main conspiracy. And it's really my last note um, section of notes, but the main conspiracy is that serial killer, Peter Tobin, who's a Scottish serial killer. Um, and he's currently serving a life sentence for three murders committed in 1991 and 1992 is the killer of Helen, jemima and patricia um in may of 2007 he was found guilty of the rape and murder of a woman named angelica cluck police found the remains of two other victims when they were searching his house during the investigation of cluck's murder um he's also linked to multiple multiple cold cases they found a link to him and the bible john murders um and they launched an operation called operation anagram but they didn't find any real proof to link him to it like like, physical proof, just, like, mostly theoretical proof. Um, But the fact that he's linked to the Bible John murders is supported by the following. So, he lived in Glasgow until 1969. According to the Scotsman newspaper, he met his first wife at the land when she was only 17. Mm. And he raped and tortured her before she escaped the marriage. Wow. Yeah. So, she eventually got out of the marriage. She, according to what I saw, is still, like, alive and well today. Or maybe... Mm. 1969 she was 17 i don't know how old she would be now but she got out of the marriage and lived like a full life is what i saw the bible john official police sketch is very generic Mm. it's literally just like a generic handsome looking ginger guy yeah Yeah. so they're like sure tobin peter tobin looks like the sketch but like so do a ton of other people." people um he employed tobin employed multiple pseudonyms in his life
1: did they sorry no you're good did they like take his dna Cause they had. Right? I don't know
0: if I. I don't know if I get to that.
1: Oh. Cause wouldn't that make help? That would
0: make sense, but I never found anything on that. Mm. So I don't know. Well, Helen's the DNA from Helen's case ended up no longer being usable. Oh. In like 1990 Admissible. or something. So by the time they got to Tobin, it might have been it, too late. It was too late. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he so Tobin had a lot of fake names in his life. One of them verified is the name John Semple, which if you remember. In the taxi, Gene was like, I can't remember if his name was John Sempleton Templeton or something like that. So they're kinda like, Oh, the name he went by was John Semple.
1: It's just like a change. So maybe his Gene name. was with Peter Tobin. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um his ex wives would go on to say that he would get very angry when they were on his period, which is interesting. Like every single one of his ex wives, I think there were three.
1: And the people that were murdered were They were very all menstruating. Yeah. Yeah.
0: At the time of their death. Um it's also possible that Based on his ex-wife's accounts, like, he was just going out and sexually assaulting women in general. And then the women that were on their periods, he he got violent with. That's what I was thinking. Yeah.
1: I was like, maybe he was just taking women and, like, raping them. And Mm -hmm. then when he found out they were on their period, that's what made him want to kill them. Yeah.
0: And so police did try to start linking a bunch of just sexual assault reports. To him? Yeah, to him. But they weren't really able to because, like, women weren't really coming forward which historically is an issue, you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just something that absolutely it's so difficult for survivors to come forward like that. Um, which shows a lot in this case cause they did not have a lot to go off of with that other than the murders. Um, but yeah, so they're like, chances are he was just a guy out being a predator, uh, sexually assaulting. And then when he found out the period was occurring would pop off and like, right. You know, um, Peter Tobin was also known for keeping souvenirs for the, for the crimes he was actually committed for or the crimes he was actually found guilty of. Um, It was known that he picked souvenirs such as like the victim's purses were like a big one. Um, So the murders that he is in jail for purses were something that he took basically. So they're kind of like, that's part of the MO because the purses were missing from these three women. Um, Peter Tobin was also obsessed with religion and since being in jail, he would always brag about, I've murdered 48 people. But that's not quite verified because, at least at the time, it was more like, that's just what they say when they get convicted of a crime mm-hmm. and they go to jail. They try to make it seem like they did more than they actually did. Um, and the main detective on the case, that Joe guy I talked about earlier, um, he stated that in, in order for Tobin to be guilty of the Bible John murders, he would have been around 60 years old when they started. And so he's like, I just don't think it's likely that that guy was around doing that. Um, The only real thing besides hearsay that throws a wrench into the idea that Peter Tobin is Bible John is that from August 6th to August 20th, he got married on August 6th and he didn't, he lived in Brighton until August 20th and the murder of Jemima occurred on like August 14th. Mm. So they're like, he, we know for sure he didn't commit that one he right. has alibis he didn't live in glasgow like he just he couldn't have done it so they're kind of like we don't think he did the other two either because these three in a row were so precise right exactly the same um and tobin also his typical target was like young adults or teenagers and the bible john murders were not really they were all like late 20s
1: i was gonna say because <laughs> it was happening on grab a grammy exactly <laughs> was grab a, a granny night it was just 25 and up right yeah exactly yeah. so
0: yeah they still they're all technically cold cases like very unfortunate for those victims and their families but yeah and the borrow land is still operating people like david bowie have performed there like it's a very popular bar. Yeah. Like, lots of big names, so...
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's the story of Bible John. Not really a happy ending. I really wanted one that was, like, they found the murderer, but this one was just interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And it could be... The fact that it's, like, it could be this person, but it could not be, is yeah. always what throws me into, like, a frustration where I'm like, yeah. ah, I just want to know who it is, yeah. also, like, maybe is that person
0: right exactly all right your turn
1: i just your turn critter (laughs) i just get a start yeah go
0: for it just dive right in
1: okay so when i was looking into murders um you know true crime to do yeah at first i was like we should do local. we we should do local and i think we both ended up searching like outside of local right but then i came across a story and it ended up being local, and I didn't know it until I was halfway through it. And I was like... Oh, you!"
0: so you like started researching, and all of a sudden, yes. we're like, wait a minute.
1: And then I was like, damn, I'm the worst person in the world, because I am doing <laughs> one that is local, even after we were like, do we have to do one that's Ooh, local?
0: Okay, anyway, I'm ready.
1: So I would describe this just like a summary of what I'm going to read to you yeah. is... A love spiderweb is really what it is. There's lots of tricks and turns and twists and crazy things. Okay. So I'm going to start by talking about Dave Koopa. He is like the center of this story. Okay. So from the get-go, we're in 2012. This is Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. He's recently separated from his long-term girlfriend. They had two kids together, and he had just moved to Omaha in 2012, um, he got a job in an auto shop and he started online, online dating. That's what he did when he moved to Omaha. Mm. 2012, online dating, like what What was there to do?
0: Yeah, true. That was early. That was probably early like in the online like dating world.
1: Craigslist, like yeah. <laughs> 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 looking for a mate. Um, <laughs> You're what's only...
0: the match.com? Christian the... Mingle? Christian Mingle. <laughs> FarmersOnly.com.
1: <laughs> so he starts online dating and he meets. Um, Liz Gollier. Um, I had to like look up how to say her name because okay. <laughs> I didn't know how to say it. <laughs> so she's a single woman. She, this is a preface. Yeah. <laughs> so. She has two children as well. And they're the same age as Dave's kids. And she also owns a housekeeping business called Liz's Housekeeping. Ooh.
0: So immediately Girl,
1: Dave is like super attracted to Liz and they go to a coffee shop. They sit down, they chat, and they just hit it off like immediately. Yeah. They had a lot of fun together. They got along well. As how people described them. yeah, um, and they were casual. Dave was very like upfront about that mm. in his relationships. Oh, is about that, okay, he yeah. wanted to be casual. He wanted to be casual in those relationships. He had just got out of like a long term relationship, and Liz was okay with that. And he was very open with that about every woman that he met on his like online dating profiles. Mm. Um, he was meeting a lot of women. There was Mary, there was Kathy, there was Joyce, there was Beth, there was Margaret, there was Sandra. Oh my God. If the chemistry was there and a woman was willing, Dave was more than happy to explore sexual relations. Interesting. And he says he was kind of going wild because he felt free for the first time. Okay. Like he just felt so like allowed to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, However, his opinion on casual hookups changes um, when he is working at the auto shop one day. Um, so this is six months after meeting Liz from the online dating service. He's working. Yeah. Christian Engel. (laughs) So he's deep. Um, he's working the front counter and a woman, her name is Carrie Farver. She comes in, she brings her Ford Explorer in, it's having issues. Mm -hmm. And, um, Carrie was described as like a beautiful, lighthearted energy. She's 37. She's a single mother, Mm -hmm. um, to a 14 year old son. And she's a computer program at like a computer programmer at a really big firm in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Um, Carrie wanted to be known for always having a smile on her face and being a little bit crazy. She's extremely intelligent, vivacious, and she's full of life. So she walks into the shop, and Dave's like, "Oh, damn! Like, I want yeah. that." Yeah. Um, and to his surprise, right away, it's very clear that they're both attracted to each other. Mm. and a few days later he finds carrie's online dating profile asks her out and (laughs) they go to applebee's for their first date which
0: (laughs) yeah we're fancy like (laughs) applebee's on a date night i'm
1: sorry but like (laughs) applebee's like come on okay but
0: if you think about it this was 2012 it's a little more acceptable
1: half apps at applebee's now
0: we've got places that are like craft kitchens like they're like yeah back then though that's all we had
1: am i talking too fast no okay you're good i'm like Scared. I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> trash. <laughs> no, so, you're totally good.
1: After the date, Carrie and Dave go back to his apartment, and they share her first kiss. Things are starting to get kind of, like, hot and heavy, mm-hmm. and Carrie cuts it off, and she tells Dave that she only wants a casual encounter, nothing more than sex. And Dave is super excited about this, yeah. because that's all he wants, too. He's into it. And he's like, I can't imagine a better situation than, like, this.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So... At the end of their first date, mm-hmm. Carrie does not stay with Dave. She's leaving. Dave walks her out of the apartment. And at the same time, Liz Gallier, the first relationship I brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is six months after Dave had met her. Yeah. Liz Gallier stops by Dave's apartment um, to pick up things that she had left behind. And like I said, it happens as Dave is walking Carrie out and uh, they walk by each other. It's like a 10 second encounter and that's it. Mm. um carrie isn't bothered by the encounter she doesn't care and she doesn't even mention it to her best friend amber when they talk about the date afterwards she's like i had a great time i haven't laughed like this in like forever she's just very happy about the whole situation um so it turns out carrie's job the place she works is literally right around the corner from dave's apartment and um her house is about an hour commute from where she works okay and she has this really big project coming up and dave offers to let carrie stay with her and carrie says yes and so now carrie has a key to the apartment and they've only known each other for less than two weeks yeah so it's very clear that they like have a decent connection like to just be offering your apartment Mm -hmm. with a key to somebody
0: yeah i feel like their conversation about keeping it casual helps with that though uh-huh. like, like they're, they're like they're oh we're just page. friends like yeah. i'll help you out mm-hmm. but obviously for most people it's like whoa that's fast right yeah
1: so now it's november 13th 2012 dave wakes up he gets ready for work at six thirty a.m like normal he gives carrie a kiss says i'll see her later mm. um and when he gets to work that morning dave receives a text from carrie that says let's move in together which was out of left field because Carrie was the one that made it very clear that this was going to be casual. Yeah. And Dave, tell Car- Dave tells Carrie no hmm. because he's not interested in that. And Over text. they don't really know each other either. Awkward. It's only two weeks.
0: Yeah. I get, yeah.
1: Like if somebody, if I was, with, like, eh. if I was seeing somebody in two weeks later, they're like, let's move in and be like, all right. Yeah. I'm peacing out.
0: <laughs> RIP to this. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go. Yeah. So,
1: that's a lot. Um, Almost immediately after being told no, Carrie starts blowing up Dave's phone with messages. And these messages read things like, I hate you. I don't want to see you anymore. I'll find somebody else. You ruined my life. Lots of profanity. Just, like, awful stuff. Wow. Um, And it seems as if, like, her fun and, like, outgoing personality, like, switched on a dime. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, she was just somebody else. Uh. He doesn't hear from Carrie for two to three days. It's just completely silent, silent mm. until his phone again starts blowing up with messages like, you're a terrible person, fuck you, all this shit. Wow. Um, and he feels like he dodged a bullet. He's yeah. like, thank God, like, I don't need that kind of person in my life, whatever.
0: That's not okay.
1: However, on the same day, November 13th, 2012, Carrie sends a text to her mother, Nancy, who she has a great relationship with um and nancy is watching carrie's 14 year old son max uh while carrie stayed with dave to work on this huge project for work Mm -hmm. um and the text talks about how she's she's got a job in kansas she's gonna go to and uh it really threw her off so nancy asks max carrie's son she's like what is what is this all about like i don't know And Max says that Carrie was looking at new positions in Kansas, so it's possible that she could be, like, there for work. Like, maybe she's just, like, looking into it. Like, who knows? Um, And the mom, Nancy, texts Carrie, her daughter, back. But Carrie wouldn't call her. She would only Hmm. text. She would not answer the phone, which was starting to concern Nancy. Because, you know, like, why would you not pick up the phone? Yeah. Like, it's your mom. Um, They Mm. also had a habit of... They they would talk on the phone at least once a day. The mom and the daughter. So they were close, close. So, like, very clear. Like, the mom's like, this is odd. Um, Right. And also, she was concerned, but she wasn't super worried because she knew she'd see Carrie because Carrie's half-brother was getting married and Carrie's son, Max, is an usher in the wedding and she promised that she Mm. would be there for it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she continues to avoid texts from her mother. Uh, she wouldn't pick up the phone. She didn't come to get Max at the day of the wedding and her whole family stunned. Like this is very out of character. Yeah. Um, and that's the final straw for the mom. The mom's like, I'm filing a missing persons report with the local authorities. Yeah. Uh, she does mention that Carrie was diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm. and that she had been on a medication, but had frequently talked about how she felt like maybe she could stop taking it. Yeah. And the police jumped on this information They're like, okay, people who stop taking their medications Usually behave erratically mm-hmm. And they can do things like this So they didn't take it very seriously And it really made Nancy upset Because yeah. she felt that something was wrong with her daughter But nobody would take her seriously And nobody would listen to her Damn um, Yeah, so to recap up to this point Carrie is nowhere <laughs> to be found yeah. Her family is stunned and the police are suspecting that she's just having Some sort of breakdown
0: Like an episode thing mm-hmm. Oh man
1: so, Dave is continuing, you know, Dave is the boyfriend yeah. that she's been living with. Yeah. Receives messages from Carrie that are filled with jealousy, rage, and the contents of her text are focused on uh oh, on Dave's on and on on and off again relationship with Liz. Oh. The girl that she saw in passing. Yeah. So at this point, Liz, Liz Goliar, is receiving similar Liz was
0: the original the first Girl, okay, that, that okay, he okay, met online. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, yes,
1: yes. So she's receiving messages from Carrie as well, um, and she decides to get in contact with Dave. She tells Dave that Carrie's harassing her uh, through text and email, and she was upset and she wanted to know how a woman that she saw by chance encounter has For a her few seconds has her like contact information. Yeah. Um, so now it's November twenty third. This is ten days after Carrie's been gone. Hmm. Liz comes home from work. Dave's first girlfriend and finds out her garage has been vandalized. Someone had written whore and spray paint from Dave. Damn. All over her garage. Um, She calls the police. She files a report and she tells the police that the common link between her and Carrie is Dave. So the police go to the auto shop to question Dave because that's obviously like a prime suspect. Yeah. They're like, w- obviously it's the boyfriend, yeah. right? Yeah. Um,
0: any podcasts or any story you listen to it's like oh there's a man and yeah. two women that have him in common and one of the women goes missing right let's check the man out
1: <laughs> right so dave was the last person to see carrie alive but he pulls out his phone and he shows police the messages that he's been receiving which are crazy yeah and they switch from like an ac- ac- accusatory
0: accusatory like <laughs> tone. yeah yeah yeah
1: Accusatory, yeah, yeah. accusatory torn to a more understanding one um in the weeks... What's it called? Yeah, I had to, <laughs> I had to figure out what it was. Um, However, though, in the weeks after she left, Carrie's still communicating with her family. She'd send texts to Nancy, her mom, and Max, her son, saying that they're going to move to Kansas together. However, she misses her brother's wedding. Yeah. Carrie's absent for her own birthday. She missed Thanksgiving. Carrie. She misses Max's 15th birthday. Um, and she even misses her own father's funeral. In the time that she's gone, but still communicating with people within oh, no. her, like, web of people she knows.
0: That's messed up.
1: Yeah. Carrie texts her mom, I'm sorry I missed the funeral. And Nancy replies, the only way I will know if, if it is you is if you call me and I hear your voice. Yeah. The texts start to get mean at this point. Mm. Um, Carrie accuses Nancy of, like, being a bad mother and that she's controlling. Um, Interesting. Dave would receive... About 60 texts, 100 emails, and 100 calls per day from Carrie.
0: Per day? Per
1: day for three years.
0: Oh, my God. So
1: an upward... Of- I thought you
0: were going to be like, over the course of this week. No. Holy
1: so crap. So like 15,000 messages basically in total is what Carrie was sending to Dave. Holy who crap. she knew for less than two weeks. Yeah. Um, And they would just...
0: Yeah, and can't even imagine the number of texts her mom was getting and her son was getting. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. And he
1: switched his number multiple times. So oh she was God. getting somehow his number, um, and she would send things to Liz in messages like, "She's a fat cow. She's nothing. She looks like she lost her puppy." Oh, maybe she'll do us all a favor and kill herself. About Liz,
0: wow. Um,
1: Carrie said that yes, like in the text. Okay, mm-hmm. and Carrie seems to be everywhere. One time, oh Dave God. is watching TV in his living room minding his business. He's in his lazy boy watching TV. Yeah. And Carrie sends him a text like I see you in that blue shirt. Oh my god. With your feet up watching TV. Like just Yikes. flat out stocking. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. So crap. she's no longer just ranting about like this is a you're a bad person. She's yeah. fucking like watching him. Ooh. Right? Carrie wrote My favorite thing to do is stand outside your window and stare at you. Your (laughs) window. Stop.
0: (laughs) I love standing outside your window.
1: Okay. Carrie said that. Carrie says this. To stare at Dave.
0: Dave. Okay. okay. Outside
1: his apartment. I keep
0: wanting to say David and it feels wrong, but it's because you're saying Dave. Dave. So I'm like, David's not right. (laughs) Damn, Carrie. Something's wrong with Carrie.
1: Well, finally, there's a clue. Who's... Can you hear that? Somebody's
0: honking. Someone's out there. car is being broken into. I wonder church. if you can hear it on the recording. I guess we'll find out.
1: Hopefully not. So finally, there's a clue after all these weird messages. Yeah. Dave comes home from work to his apartment complex and recognizes Carrie's Ford Explorer parked in the complex. Okay. Which he recognizes because she brought it to him to work on in the auto shop. Oh So yeah. he knows immediately that, that it's her car. Yeah. Um, he takes a picture of it. He sends it to the police. And it ends up being a very crucial piece of evidence because Ooh. there's not a single fig- fingerprint in the vehicle except the police find a small, like, mint container, like, in the car. And it has, it has one print on it that's perfect. Interesting. Like, perfect. It doesn't match, uh, does not match Carrie's fingerprint, which we know now. Yeah. doesn't match Carrie's fingerprint, and it didn't match anybody in the FBI database. Hmm. So it's kind of like a dead end. Yeah, it's something that they have. It's like,
0: this could be a suspect, but we don't know who it is Mm -hmm. type of situation.
1: So five months after Carrie's disappeared, Nancy, Carrie's mom, gets Mm -hmm. a phone call. And the gentleman on the phone tells Nancy that Carrie is in a homeless shelter and she wants Nancy to come pick her up. Interesting. So the investigators and Carrie go to the Sienna Francis house and the investigators go in to go get Carrie. Yeah. But she isn't there. Um. Carrie's friend, Amber, also gets a message from Carrie around the same time saying that she wants to come home. She Mm. says, hey, I made a big mistake. I took off for a while and I'm ready to come home now. But Amber can never get Carrie to decide on like a spot to meet. It's very like loose and vague.
0: Her friend is like, let's see each other. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Um, The son is losing hope. He decides to reach out on Facebook uh, to his mother. Okay. Because Carrie is still active on Facebook, too. She's posting updates and like yeah. things like that. Uh, he says hi. And oh, my she...
0: God. Can you imagine, like, how much time has it been now? Like, since she... Five, five months. Okay. In my head, it's like years. But five months is still so long. Mm-hmm. Like, if my mom all of a sudden... He's only 15. Oh, my God. No.
1: And he doesn't have a dad.
0: Heck to the no. Yeah. If I just suddenly, especially in this day and age with social media, if my mom was posting, but, like, I hadn't seen or heard from her, like... Yeah in the way that i normally would in five months i would be losing my mind right oh my god that poor
1: kid well and max and nancy are suspicious they don't that's necessi- the mom and the son yeah right they are the ones that filed the missing persons report like yeah they know something's wrong but nobody will listen to them yeah the police are like they're like we she's can't, contacting we can't you do anything for you so max asks carrie to answer three questions to prove that it was really her what's my middle name what's our first boxer's name and who is my best friend as a little kid and she never responds to the message oh shit um shortly after she posts on her facebook wall i've answered enough questions to prove myself i'm not missing i just don't want to be at home right now wow meanwhile the stalking of dave and liz continues to escalate dave's received over a thousand messages from carrie threatening him mm. i hate you so much i want to drive a knife through your heart am i ruining your life yet
0: holy shite
1: dave and liz start referring to carrie as crazy carrie and the trauma that they're going through brings them together and they start dating again so dave is now dating liz who he first met six months ago because they're both like trauma bonding. <laughs>
0: I think I know. <laughs> I think I know what's happening here. And let it's, me get to oh, it. my body is stressed out. Okay, 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 okay. You
1: gotta let me get to so it. So
0: Liz and Dave are together now. Together again. They're like bonding because they're both
1: getting harassing yeah, messages from Carrie. And that just kind of okay. As Dave and Liz start hanging <laughs> out, they receive messages from Carrie at the same time. Oh shit! You're a worthless whore, Liz. Dave says they'd hang out, and it was common for both of their phones to blow up with just awful messages from Carrie. He's becoming numb to this stuff, like it's happening every day. Yeah, like, he doesn't care. And five
0: much. months, like of just yeah, you but become numb.
1: One day he gets an email with a photo attached that looks like Liz tied up in the trunk of a car, and it says, "I have Liz tied up. You need to call her right now and tell her you hate her. Otherwise, I'm going to kill her." Dave calls Liz and asks if she's okay, and she's fine, and they both laugh it off as a crazy Carrie moment. It was just another yeah. day for them at that point. Not not even shocking. Like, that doesn't even, that doesn't even affect them. What the heck? Them. At one point, Carrie emails Dave a link with an obituary for Liz. She writes, I didn't know her very well. Expect, spelled wrong, I don't know oh. why, that she was a whore and a man-stealer. Thank God she is gone, oh is my what God. it says. All right, so now we're nine months past when she's been gone.
0: It's crazy that this is all happening under one year. Yeah. Like, in my head, I'm like, Carrie, wait, Carrie yeah i'm like carrie's been sending messages for like five years at this point
1: this is when it gets insane that's what it
0: feels like
1: so this is august oh, i'm not ready 2013 it's nine months since carrie's been gone i'm
0: so glad i went first because <laughs> yours is clearly like gonna be a fucking bombshell
1: dave gets a call from liz okay. and she's frantic she's freaking out she's oh like my house is on fire somebody's burned my house down Oh my so god. Dave goes to Liz's house. There's fire trucks all over the street. Firemen walking up and down, you know, hoses, water, like all over the place. Oh my god! Like it's a scene. Um, Whew, okay. Luckily, the children were not home. Many of her belongings were inside, including her cat, her two dogs and a pet snake, um, which were all killed in the fire. Right. There's an audio from oh, the-, not
0: the pet snake. <laughs> right. R.I.P. Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's audio from an investigator talking to Liz at the scene of the fire. And he says that this was an intentionally set fire. Wow. Um, and Liz says that the guy that she's seeing has had a girlfriend who's been harassing and stalking them since yeah, November. Yeah, she's like Carrie
0: intentionally.
1: hmm
0: Oh, my God, Carrie.
1: Two months after the fire, Carrie strikes again. Dave's auto shop is vandalized with a message for everyone on the street to read that says Dave beats women. It's oh, my God. just spray painted across the building in huge letters. So now we're at November 1st, 2013, which is one year after Dave and Carrie's first date. Yeah. And Carrie sends Dave a message to my husband. The email contained an image of a knife and Carrie says, I've been creeping around your building. That's all it says. Oh, Carrie, no. (laughs) Although Dave and Liz are like bonded by like trauma at this point, (laughs) their relationship still isn't serious. Okay. It's very like on the low. Oh yeah, because Dave's
0: been from the beginning. Yes. Yeah.
1: They do their own things. Dave's still on like dating platforms. Um, and it's clear that Carrie doesn't want this to happen because uh, some women spend five minutes on Dave's Facebook page and they start receiving threats and text messages from Carrie saying that she'll kill her Just and her Just looking kids. at it? Yeah.
0: is she somehow... Yeah, some crazy... What a tech whiz.
1: <laughs> so now we're in flash forward. This is January 2014. Okay. So this is more than a year after. Yeah. Because um, this
0: all started in like 2012. 2012. Okay such a short time span Mm -hmm. it feels like for all this stuff
1: right oh my god yeah yeah so an old friend comes to visit dave they went to school together they're like best friends Mm -hmm. but nothing more than that um her name's heather and carrie sees heather come into the building and dave gets a text i see you in there with that whore so we're two years after the event and she's still watching (sighs) and stalking you know
0: carrie um so he tells kind of hobby miss girl right like play badminton or something <laughs> with your coworkers or whatever the fuck you're up to. Um Carrie's crazy.
1: Yeah. He tells he tells Heather about the issues and all the stalking with Carrie. Yeah. Um and they're getting ready to go to bed. They've had like a night of drinking, they're getting ready to sleep. Yeah. And Heather thinks she hears a gunshot, which ends up being a brick being thrown through the bathroom window. The police come, they talk to Dave, and Dave immediately takes Heather to go check on Liz because Liz had been being threatened, too, and they wanted to make sure that Liz is okay. Right. Um, and despite all of this, Liz doesn't seem to care. Mm-hmm. Like, her and Dave continue to see each other, and they work around the harassment. Yeah. Um, and not just Dave and Liz are receiving, like, these messages. David's... Now you've got me saying David. David. <laughs> so Dave's ex... The mother of his two children, her name's okay. Amy Flora, she's getting messages from Carrie, too. Are you Dave's whore, calling her a dumbass bitch? Like, all these crazy things. Well, and you
0: had already said the people who, like, just visited his Facebook. Were getting messages. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap.
1: Um, unfortunately, though, the case becomes cold, and the police oh, tell Dave that he just has to deal with the harassment. Like, there's nothing they can do. Heck no. So now it's spring 2015. This is two and a half years after Carrie was last seen okay um wow two detectives who have heard about the case it's kind of been like talked about and it's been going around they like know about it um it's Ryan Avis and Jim Doty Mm. They worked at the Potawatomi Sheriff's Office in Council Bluffs.
0: Pottawatomie County? <laughs> yeah. Anytime I hear Pottawatomi, I just think of like a tornado warning. So do I. In so Potawatomi <laughs> County, there's a touchdown tornado. <laughs> like,
1: Why do they always have tornadoes? I don't know. That is so true. And that's the only
0: time I hear Potawatomi on the freaking news. The
1: weather. So these two detectives, <laughs> the case is like really intriguing to them. And it's closed now. It's cold. Right. But they ask if they can look at it. They just want to see the files. Hmm. And they try a new angle one detective would work a case as if carrie is alive while the other would work it as if she was dead so they could oh my get God. different information
0: that's like a like i wouldn't i couldn't be a detective because i would be like how do i do that right <laughs> like, how do i work this as if yeah. she's dead you know that doesn't even make and sense and the
1: case has only been worked as if she's alive yeah so like this is wow. just new eyes on a case that's been cold now yeah for a from while. a whole
0: different perspective
1: So the first thing that they find is that Carrie's checking account has had no activity, which isn't normal for an adult to just like up and leave where they're from and spend nobody, spend spend no money. And she had a good job. Like she had good money. She had a good house. Like she could be just fine, but she wasn't spending any money. Yeah. Um, Nobody's seen her and nobody's heard her voice. Hmm. So it just wasn't adding up for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing they noticed is that the harassing messages are filled with grammatical errors, which didn't align with Carrie's writing pattern. Earlier,
0: you said expect, except for accept, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Oh yeah." But I remembered it obviously because I was like, "I always." Carrie liked is like her. <laughs>
1: extremely smart, like <laughs> yeah. super smart. Interesting. So the detectives they're aware that Carrie's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but yeah. they immediately are like, "That does has nothing to do with it." Mm-hmm. They say they're like, "There's so many people." that have bipolar disorder that don't do this.
0: Yeah. This is not like a, I don't want to say symptom, but like, yeah. Yeah.
1: So they come to the conclusion that it's impossible to prove that Carrie is alive, which is a huge turning point in the case. And it's reopened. Um, so Avis and Doty. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Avis and Doty, the detectives, Mm -hmm. they bring in a digital Mm -hmm. expert who reviews, uh, the 15,000 messages that Carrie had sent over the span of three years to see if they could track down where the messages were actually coming from. Okay. This wasn't a piece of, like, technology that was, like, able to happen until recently. Mm-hmm. That's why it's, like, getting brought back up in that light. Like, oh, let's see where the messages are coming from.
0: Damn.
1: Like, NIP address, things like that. Yeah. Um, and at that time, at the time of the main investigation, Liz had willingly given her phone to the police and they downloaded all of her files for review. Cause at mm. the point she's a victim. Like she's being harassed. Yeah. All this shit.
0: They're like, we want to look at what you've got. And mm-hmm. yeah, basically. So
1: they just, they're just reviewing old stuff and they're looking at Liz's phone. They're like, Oh, let's just look around. Like whatever. They're yeah. looking through her pictures. Okay. And one of the images was of Carrie Farber's Ford Explorer. Oh. It was taken about a month before police even took the car in for evidence but it was still missing at the time that it was taken. So So the
0: car was reported missing. The police found it eventually to bring it in. And between it being reported missing and the police finding it, Liz had taken a photo of the vehicle.
1: Mm -hmm. So obviously Liz is up to something. Yeah. Another thing. I had a feeling. Another thing. There's six calls made to Carrie's residence on Liz's phone using the, using the star six, seven which is how you call someone without them knowing that it's you. Yeah. Like, it hides your caller ID. You know, yeah. star 6-7. Yeah, seven. yeah, You got a star it 6 It's unknown though. or whatever. You like, prank war or something? Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the investigators, Dodie and Avis, find the image that Carrie had sent to Dave of a woman tied up in the trunk. Okay. Claiming to be Liz. Yeah. And the metadata, I don't know what that means on the phone shows that the image was taken on Liz's phone. So it's you can clear. trace
0: I don't know metadata super well. Yeah. But I think you can also like figure out, maybe not then, but nowadays, like the location too. Just yep. based on yeah. I don't on know, a phone. But yeah.
1: It shows it on your iPhone. Well yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah.
0: IPhones for sure. Yeah. But even beyond that there's like data that's attached to the image that you can Right. Yeah. So
1: at this point it's, crazy. it's clear to the investigators that Liz had duct tape her own mouth tied her own hands and climbed into the trunk to take this photo to send to dave
0: who took a photo she's got her little tripod (laughs) she's like an influencer with a (laughs) ring light (laughs)
1: stop
0: liz is like ring light it up addison ray
1: yes (laughs) so now we're in may 2015 okay um the investigators meet with nancy the mom Okay. and Nancy tells them that Carrie had texted her a picture picture of a check from a person that was made out to Carrie for $5,000, and Carrie had asked Nancy to let the buyer into her home to remove all of the furniture. Okay. Um, the investigators realized that the check was signed by um, Shanna, which is Liz's full name, Golier. Mm. So now she has two links to Carrie, who she claims that we only saw each other in passing.
0: Yeah. Once.
1: The police take Liz's fingerprints and they're a perfect match to the prints on the mint can that was found in Carrie's Ford Explorer. Oh, Liz. So the police come to Dave and they tell him. They're like, she
0: made it a long time before it got yeah. linked to her,
1: though. Oh, It gets fucking crazy. Oh. This is not even the... the... <laughs> Yikes. The police come to Dave and they tell him that we know Liz is the suspect. We don't have enough to arrest her yet. But Dave can't wrap his mind around this because he spent two and a half years... Trauma bonding yeah. with this girl Confiding over somewhere else. And
0: just like, yeah,
1: um,
0: trauma bonding for sure.
1: And like I said, although all the signs point to Liz being the killer, the police don't have enough evidence to arrest Liz. Wow. So this is where it gets crazy. Ooh. Liz comes into the police station on her own one day oh my god. while they're still investigating her, but they don't have anything to arrest her or even like bring her in for questioning. But she comes in on her own. And, uh, she's talking about the harassment from Carrie and she tells them after two and a half years that she no longer thinks it's Carrie. She thinks it's Dave's baby mama, Amy. She's like, no. it has to be. She's like, why would, why would a woman
0: like, I need the heat off me.
1: Literally. She's like, oh. she's like, why would a woman who's only known Dave for two weeks be doing this when there's someone who had a relationship with him and two kids for so long? It's probably her. Wow. So Low Dodie and Avis, the new investigators, they see her come in and they're like, Oh my god, we're looking into you and she has no idea. <laughs> so they're like, We're gonna go to our house. And they go to our house Shit. and they're sneaky. They're like, We're gonna help you. We heard about your harassment case. We're gonna help you get to the bottom of this. Damn. And they go inside and they play dumb. Because they wanted to Good for lo-
0: Dodie and Avis. Avis That's yeah. what you said, the yeah. investigators. <laughs> Good yeah. Good for them.
1: They wanted to get as much information out, so they're playing dumb and liz tells investigators she's like it's it can't be carrie it has to be dave's ex um her name's amy flora Hmm. and the police ask again they're like hey we downloaded your files previously Mm -hmm. can we do it again now that it's been like more chunk of time and she agrees so the police download all of uh liz's files so they can like review them and look at them again um and they take the phone immediately to a digital forensic scientist to start Shit. analyzing the phone. In the meantime, uh Dave notices that a gun he had previously purchased is missing from his apartment. Oh god. He calls the police and he tells them, he's like the weapon or a weapon in my home is missing. Um but the investigators already know because Liz said that there was a gun missing from the apartment. But Dave had not reported it or said anything.
0: Liz.
1: So she's getting caught up in her own tracks. She's
0: tripping over her own like ideas and made she, up shit. She came, she
1: came to the police department to tell them that it was Amy Flora who stole the gun from Dave's apartment. Before Dave even knows it's missing.
0: Miss girl.
1: December 5th, 2015. This is six days after the gun is missing. Okay. Um... We're in Big Lake Park. It's in Council Bluffs. Mm -hmm. A call is made to the police, and it's from Liz Gollier. She had been shot, and she's bleeding on the walking trail alone at night. Liz says she's approached by a woman who asked her, how do you like fucking Dave? Told her to lay down, and the woman shot her in the leg. At first, Liz claims to not know who shot her, but later, Liz claims that it's Amy Flora. However, Flora has an alibi... And it's quickly determined that Liz shot herself. Wow. Yeah. She's committed to the bit. uh Uh-huh. At this point, Dave can't deny the truth. He knows it's Liz who stole the gun. And he knows that Liz has been the one stalking and harassing him for years at this point.
0: Oh, my God, Liz.
1: In the meantime, the forensic analysis finds that Liz has signed up Carrie Farber's name for over 30 different email addresses on different variations of her name. And they were able to trace every single email and message, the 15,000 messages that were sent to Dave, back to Liz's house or Liz's devices. So it's very clear it's coming from Liz. Oh my
0: god, yeah. It's obvious that she's the culprit or whatever.
1: She was also using an app where she could send and receive messages. She could send messages and receive them at a later time. So when she was with Dave, she could get messages from, air quote, Carrie, Without it looking like she was the one sending them.
0: Oh my god! Um, she was a tech whiz.
1: Well, can we also talk about the fact that she burned her house down?
0: Yeah, <laughs> she burned her own fucking house down. She killed down. her pets. Ooh, her snake.
1: Yeah, <laughs> her snake. <laughs> um,
0: she's crazy. Holy crap! However,
1: the detectives—they want to know where Carrie's at. They want to know where her body's at. So they're gonna play into this. Yeah. They're like, "It's we know it's her, but we." We don't have enough information to even arrest her. There's no body, there's no there's not even a crime scene. Wow. They can't do anything at this point. Yeah. Like they're going to lose in trial. Like yeah. they got to figure it out. So they just they trick her. They bring her in for an interview where they say they found Carrie's remains, mm. which they have not. And uh immediately Liv, or Liz mm-hmm. shifts the blame away from Carrie onto Amy again. Mm. And the investigators know that they need to get information out of her, they're going to play into this, that it's Amy. Yeah. That Amy's the one that shot Liz. Because
0: Regardless of, I like, sorry, I'm just thinking like, based on a movie or something, like regardless of how, it's clear that Liz has been fostering this lie and like
1: years. I've,
0: yeah, like I can tell, but the fact that she's like so deep into it, that like, she probably believes like, Oh, it's Amy. Like sh- somewhere in her brain is like it is Amy. Yeah. And so the fact that they agree with her, like she's like this is a win, and she's yeah. just so. She thinks she's on her way out. Like she won't even be like excited that she's on her way out. She'll just be like, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Like oh. Yeah. Yikes.
1: So they know that in order to get the information out of Liz, they have to play along, mm-hmm. and they pretend to believe that Amy Flora is the major suspect in Carrie's disappearance and also the woman who shot Liz although they know that Liz shot herself. Yeah. Um so they ask Liz for help is what they do. Yeah. They tell Liz, "Hey, if you get any information like, you know, you've been getting all these harassing emails, if you get any information about what happened to Carrie from Amy, bring them to us because then we can we can move forward and arrest Amy."
0: So now Liz is like, I got to create a secret email. The (gasps) trap works. A few
1: days later, Liz, quote, air quote, receives messages from Carrie, a.k.a. Amy, a.k.a. Liz herself. And it reads, I shot Liz to make sure Dave stayed away from you and I got rid of the gun. However, the detectives need details on the final moments of Carrie's life to really break the case wide open. So they call Liz and they tell her that they're like, we need you to push We need you to ask for like more information. Like they're just playing into this psychopath. Yeah. They know it's her. She's a full blown sociopath. Like she really thinks she's getting away with it. Yeah. This whole time. She's
0: like, holy shit. They believe everything. Yeah.
1: Oh, sister. Liz falls into the trap again. Wow. And
0: what a dumb idiot.
1: She writes herself an email from Amy that details Carrie's murder. Oof. I attacked her with a knife. I stabbed her three to four times in the chest and stomach area. I took her out, and I burned her. I stuffed her body in the garbage can with crap. Wow. Meanwhile, the investigators convince Dave to move back in with Amy, <gasps> his ex-girlfriend, because they know... The it
0: one she has a ki- he has a kid with. Two. Okay. Because
1: okay. they know it will break Liz down. Wow. And it works. Liz. Smart. Liz calls the police after finding this out, and she is bawling. She is saying things like, "Why haven't you fucking arrested Amy yet? It's unfair. She gets to just live this life and like be with Dave." And like, she's just freaking out and she's at a breaking point with all of this.
0: Liz is obsessed mm-hmm. with Dave.
1: So they tell yeah. Liz, they're like, "We can't arrest her yet. We need more details that only the killer would know." Is what they say this yeah. time. Yeah. They know it's her. They're like, wow. "What? What would? You, what can you tell us?"
0: They're they literally are just like planting like. We need to know only what the killer would know. And, like, she thinks she can slip it in sneakily. Yeah. Not
1: knowing that they know Wow, what she's up to.
0: Yeah, they know everything.
1: So within days of Smart. saying that, more, air quote, Amy emails arrive in Liz's inbox, which she forwards to the police. I really did kill Carrie, and I did it in her own car, is what it says. Wow. So the police have had the car for this whole time, and they've searched it high and low, and they found nothing. However, upon a third inspection of Carrie's vehicle, they pulled the fabric off of the seats and they find a huge blood stain in the passenger side vehicle under the mm. the cloth that you couldn't see upon like just looking at it. Damn. And it tests positive for human blood. They take the DNA and it matches Carrie Farber. So now the Omaha mm-hmm. police are involved and they bring Liz down to the station on an unpaid traffic t- ticket. Ooh. Um, they just bring her in on yeah. that. And she's handcuffed when she comes in, and they're, like, using it as an opportunity to question her about Carrie Farver. Damn. But they know all this shit. They tell Liz Carrie's phone was at her house the night after the disappearance and asked her to explain it. She can't. They asked her to explain the fingerprints inside the car. She denies. They tell Liz that the IP address from the emails are traced to her house, but she says she hasn't had internet in her house for years. And she clearly thinks she's smarter than the police. Clearly. And she doesn't realize she's like fallen into a mousetrap. She's trap. being the
0: biggest idiot yeah. of all time.
1: Um, wow. They know that she wrote the so-called Amy confession of killing Carrie, but she continues to deny it. And she finally asked for an attorney.
0: Um, Zoe mama. <laughs> while
1: this interview is taking place, the investigators are searching Liz's apartment with a search warrant and they find Carrie's digital camera and camcorder, which means Liz broke into Carrie's house and stole these items out of her house. Yeah. On the camcorder, investigators find video taken two days before Carrie's disappearance, and it shows Carrie filming her own Ford Explorer which was vandalized. There's spray paint all over it. And she's filming it. She's like, what, what is happening? You know, um, oh, it's very God. clear that Liz is the one that did it. However, the strongest piece of evidence hasn't even come, but they go ahead and they arrest her. Wow. They arrest Liz. So now it's December, 2016. Mm-hmm. This is months before Liz's trial. Um, the investigators, they visit Dave again and they ask, is like on the way out, they're like, is there anything else? Is there anything? Yeah. Because they... they anything at all. Well, they're going to trial. They don't have a body. They don't have a weapon. They don't have... They don't have anything. Yeah. They just have these, like... It's very circumstantial evidence. Yeah. They had to paint a very nice picture for it to work.
0: Yes, yeah. they And they did a great job of, like, oh, here's things that we know but we don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, crazy.
1: Dave gives the investigators a tablet that he remembers. Okay. And in the tablet, there's an SD card, like a micro one. Oh, yeah. Inserted into it. And they pull it out and they give it to the forensic analysis. And he looks at it and he can see that there's been thousands of like images deleted, but they're able to recover them. Mm, yeah. So he brings back all these images. And one of the images is a human foot with a tattoo that matches Carrie Farber's tattoo. Oh,
0: hell to the no.
1: The foot is decomposed in the photo. So they go to trial. Liz remains unfazed throughout even the most gruesome details of the situation. Wow. Liz Goliar, she's found guilty of first-degree murder, and she's sentenced to life in prison. She's serving her life sentence at the Nebraska Correctional Center for Women. In addition to her life sentence, she has an 18 to 20-year sentence for second-degree arson, which she will serve consecutively for fucking burning her house down. Yeah in 2018 As she should right
0: what a crazy bitch in
1: 2018 gallier filed or gallier's attorney filed an appeal with the nebraska supreme court to order a new trial mm-hmm. he says the state presented a decent amount of evidence however the problem is the vast majority of the evidence has nothing to do with murder or arson mm-hmm. which is true yeah however the appeal is rejected to this day Farver's body has not been found
0: Oh, that's awful.
1: And that is the mysterious disappearance of Carrie Farber. Wow. A web of lies.
0: That's insane.
1: <laughs> is it not? Like, the
0: amount of time that was spent, like, she's missing, she's missing, who could it be, what's going on? Playing- she just ditched her kid, quote unquote, but she yeah. didn't, like, oh, as a mother, can you imagine? Right. Like, I don't have kids, but like, <laughs> like, I can imagine a mom like, my mom being like, oh, my God, imagine my children thinking that I just deserted them right. for years. Right. Like, my mom would be so heartbroken at the thought that we thought she did. us. And still us.
1: being, like, active on social media. Yeah. And, like, shit like that. Yeah.
0: Any mother would be like, it breaks my heart to think that my kids would have to live thinking that I deserted them. And But actually, I'm dead. Like, I would rather, I feel like as a mother, I'd rather have my kids just know that I was dead. Yeah. Just know the worst of it. Well, this. Than believe.
1: Liz is a psychopath. Yeah. She not only is pretending to be harassed and stalked, she shoots herself, she burns her house down like she puts she, herself
0: in a trunk of a car.
1: yeah, she's in it to fucking Holy crap. not be accused at all.
0: What a mad woman Only
1: for it all to fall back on her. Wow, as it should.
0: Well, yeah, and it's just like the extra details of like her like thinking she's helping the police. Oh yeah, like that was such a power trip for her to be like oh i'm helping the investigation
1: and how dumb can you God, be what an she idiot. really fell for that three times yeah they're like no we need details that only the murderer would know and she goes in and she creates fake it. emails to herself oh what an idiot wouldn't it, like okay obviously you and i aren't gonna murder someone but at that point wouldn't you be like oh they're on to me
0: i'd be like oh they want all the info they know what's up <laughs> yeah. they know what's going on there's she no point
1: she probably could have got away with it if she was actually smart. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she wasn't. You're right.
0: <laughs> oh, what a what a bitch! And then
1: to have a picture of in the I was watching the tape where mm. it's oh, yeah. the Omaha police bringing her in for the traffic Crazy ticket. That
0: was an Omaha case. Uh-huh. Omaha slash Pottawattamie County case. <laughs> the
1: Pottawatomi. <laughs> there's a storm coming. Potawatomi
0: <laughs> until 10 p.m. Tuesday.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was watching it and like. They're like, why do you have a picture of her car on your phone? And she's like, I've never even been around her car. I don't even know her car. Like, they have the proof.
0: Amy planted that. Yeah.
1: Like, she really thought she was going to get away with it.
0: Well, thanks for listening to our My Favorite Murder episode, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's was a good chunk of time. Nice work, team. We slayed that. I wish mine had a resolution like that. I started the story not knowing what the ending was. It's fun that it doesn't, though. Yeah, that's Sometimes true. I'm nice glad I went about, first, because like, yours was like mystery mystery that found an ending yeah yeah that was good that's it you guys um Robbie came back and better than ever um this isn't related to anything in our show but I ask everyone oh if you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice what would it be it has nothing to do with anything we just talked about but I gotta ask go
1: back to my 18 year old self and give them a piece of advice yeah um just enjoy it yeah stop, i like that stop being so like anxious about stupid shit just live
0: in it <laughs> yeah enjoy that shit good and answer
1: and it gets better
0: yep <laughs> i love that oh i love that and i love you <laughs> um well thank you for coming on robbie and sharing i'm glad we did a true crime theme It was a good like
1: i think we little good of twist the show yeah
0: it was a good like add to the mix type of episode i think people will enjoy it if you don't enjoy it go away leave me a review (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys so much for listening to robbie and i share our true crime stories um i know i feel like a lot of people that listen are also true crime people because like they're just people that know me and know that i love that and we are both interested in it you know so that'll be this will be a good one for you guys who enjoy stuff like that um but yeah thank you guys again for for listening, for tuning in every week, new and returning listeners, I say it at the beginning, I say it at the end. Thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate it. Um, I have so much fun sitting with people like Robbie in my living room or wherever we may be, um, and just like, and just like really experiencing the stories that we're telling or the emotions that we're sharing and having fun, having a good time. So um yeah i hope you all enjoy robbie thank you again for being a guest
1: thank you for having me on i always have a good time yes
0: it was so fun we'll have you again i'm sure it's kind of fun and fresh. um the first the first season one returning guest
1: oh wow on season two i'm a legend crazy
0: he's a legend <laughs> for that <laughs> but yes thank you guys for listening don't forget to email iconic at gmail.com leave a review and a rating on apple podcast and um hop on instagram or facebook and give me a follow or a like i post on there uh three to four times a week so you guys can stay in the loop um and yeah thanks again for tuning in and you know at the end of every episode don't forget always remember
1: that's, That's iconic. iconic. <laughs> I was like, "What are we remembering? What's going on?"
0: <laughs> Thanks, you guys.
1: Bye. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Stay sexy and don't get my favorite
0: murder.
1: That part can be cut. Both of us. Now we'll leave it. No.
0: <laughs> Karen and George are like, "We're suing you for royalties."
1: I'm like, "Girl, you got 35 million listeners. Give me a give me a break. Give me a job.
0: <laughs> give me a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll sweep." the floors. I'll
0: sweep the floors. I don't even know. They eat peanuts like Texas Roadhouse and just <laughs> throw them on the ground and you're like, "I'll sweep it up."
1: Um I have experience. Stay sexy and make sure you have your Bible John vaccination card. Yeah, don't
0: forget your I am not Bible John card, you guys.
1: <laughs> and if not, Liz gallier will send you an evil <laughs> evil email and she'll get you.
0: Let's do the outro again. I always remember that's iconic. Okay. I'll do it twice and this will be the actual Wait, one. Okay. So always remember That's you have to do it with me. Always remember that's iconic. Okay, I'm like we'll just do it again because we had some little ad libs at the end. Okay, always remember that's That's iconic. iconic. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, you guys.
1: Bye. (laughs)